Welcome to the Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories podcast. I'm Guy Massey. It's all about the English language and earworms on this episode. Stay with us. You don't want to miss it. That's the French meaning for live and let live. And I think in life we have to live and let live, live and let die, and the Grateful Dead, all in one. I like that movie, Live and Let Die. I went to go see it at the Dalton here in Darlington. It's Dalton short for Darlington. They shortened the name. I don't know why. They could have called it the Darlington. It was a darling of a theater, I can tell you that. Air-conditioned. I think one of the first air-conditioned uh, uh, movie theaters, movie exhibition spaces in uh, in Rhode Island. Certainly, certainly in Rhode Island. Maybe even in the Northeast. One of the first. One of the first. I think it was the first in Rhode Island. Needless to say, it had an upstairs uh, lounge area that you couldn't see the movie playing. Um, you know, too bad for you smokers up there. You're gonna have a cigarette talking, well, you're not going to be watching the movie anyway, and we went to go see Live and Let Die, we went to go see Marathon Man, we went to see many a movie, many a film, Heidi, saw Heidi in a re-release, we saw uh, uh, re-releases of The Sound of Music in the Dalton, it was a smaller screen, a, a Art Deco style, I should have said that first, to describe the theater. But it's known for being air-conditioned. And it was a cool place. My, remember I used to take my dad. It was first opened. It was a brand new theater. And it looked new when it was torn down. And it's uns, unsavory kind of memory. I don't even remember it being torn down. I must have been out of the state or out of the area. Certainly not in Pawtucket. Not living in Darlington, that's for sure. When the uh, wrecking ball came and uh, wreaked its havoc on the beautiful white, uh, beautiful Dover Sunset White uh, I can't never say that, Apaleggios, Apaleggios, those islands, you know, those sunny islands, those uh, Easter Island, those places that had, uh, had that kind of sunlight and that was the way it was whitewashed, whitewashed Art Deco building bereft of, of detail. It had had a sleek look to it, and it was a thinnish theater. You went in, it was uh, very narrow as you walked in, and uh, the seats were arranged in two separate aisles with a main aisle. I don't think, I think there were side aisles. There was a fire needed, needed for fire safety. Had a, had a rear exit. Uh, you, could, you could leave the movie. You could stay and watch the next film. How about that? You could stay and stick around. Today they clear the whole place out. They make sure there's not a kernel of Cracker Jacks lying on that floor before the next audience comes in. And it's, of course, not around anymore. They made way for a Citizens Bank of all places. So right now a Citizens Bank stands on the corner of Armistice Boulevard and Newport Avenues in Pawtucket. On this segment, uh, I'll make an effort to not carry on too much. Um, I'm going to talk about the English language. It's the greatest language in the world, hands down. I love French. I taught French in grammar school in St. Cecilia's here in Pawtucket, in Rhode Island. And I was taught French at St. Raphael, and um, where I attended, where I attended high school. Didn't take it in college, at Rhode Island College. Um, took other prerequisite courses, but not not French. Not that I can recall. Um, no, 
definitely not. Um, because I was turned off by my French. Not really. I love the language. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I never paid attention in, in class. Uh, we had a wonderful nun in elementary school, St. Cecilia's parochial school, and uh, Catholic. And, uh, you know, uh, I just was in the back row, you know, the, the back, the back, the back poop deck, the, 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 the peanut gallery. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of almost poked fun at the nun. She was old, she was elderly. She was actually probably only about 60, but she looked like she was 80. She's one of those frail kind of nuns, but just wonderful, just wonderful nun. She helped the principal out in the office later on uh, when she wasn't teaching, when she stopped teaching uh, in, her, in her final years. And uh, she just was a wonderful, actually a saint, a saint of a nun. Uh, she was always, always there for you. Uh, there's my clock signaling for me to make this a quick little quick probe but I want to talk about the English language more so French you know I, I didn't get great great grades I did do a report where I my last page was the was a drawing of the um, Eiffel Tower and then my second inside page was the uh, the tricolor the tricolor tricolor the, the three colored French flag in blue white and red and um and I think it's in that order. French have to always do something different than, than, than us, don't they? <laughs> just to be just to be French, you know. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Uh, but uh, she gave me an A on that, uh, and I did some did some good reports because I used to do pretty good drawings. I had a graphic propensity. Um, I used to cut recess just to stay in and draw posters to put up on the walls in school. Uh, my, my, even my fellow students were pretty impressed. Uh, we had a Campbell's Soup label drive, not to get off track here, but we had a Campbell's Soup label drive. You know, you, you, kids would bring in their Campbell's Soup labels and then that would go to help to pay for books and paper and whatever was needed for the school because, you know, it was not the richest school in the world by any stretch. And I would do a tag, uh, a, uh, a tack board or a, uh, a tracking board to, to show how many labels were submitted and uh, how many we needed to go. And I had little boxes for, for each number to put in. And I updated it daily, and I used to love doing it. Uh, I used to like informing people. I, I still do to this day with this podcast. Um, who knew that I'd be doing podcasts, you know? I podcast started around the beginning of 2000s, 2004, uh, with the first podcast on iTunes, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as iTunes anymore, it's Apple Podcasts now, they call it, uh, you got Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, it gets gene pretty generic names out there, but you know, you can listen to us on Podcast Go and Spotify, um, as well as Google and, and Apple's platforms. But, uh, so the Campbell Soup label, the, the drawing during recess, it's, you know, the nuns loved having me in the room. They, they, I kept them company, I guess. There might have been a one and none or two that wanted to just be alone and had a break during recess. I, I can understand that, too. I won a contest in, um, I will talk about the English language, though, very soon. Um, if my clock lets me, it's going to ring again and give me another reminder if, it, if I go way over. Uh, but uh, <laughs> in any event, the, the Sister Diana Joseph, um, Sister Rosemarie was the name of the nun that taught French. Sister Rosemarie, wonderful, wonderful elderly nun. Uh, sister, very short in stature too. She was she was five feet. She was a day, you know, um, and just a very very wonderful, wonderful, wonderful saintly, saintly nun, saintly nun. I can easily say that. I can easily say that. As much as my meme. I had two sets of memes and my, my pepes and my mom and dad, you know. Um, and my dad probably would have said, oh, I'm not saintly guy, you know. We used to say, Dad, you're cute. We were adults, you know, a little later on, you know, we, we thought he was cute with some things. Not, not, not that he was elderly, he just did some kind of like, kind of things uh, that were kind of like we thought were kind of humorous and we'd say cute. He said, don't, don't call me cute, boys. Don't call me cute, girls. I don't like that, you know. 
my two sisters and my, my three other brothers. Uh, but uh, in any event, I won a contest uh, for, um, it was H.R. Puffin stuff was coming to the Civic Center, to the Providence Civic Center to play, to do a show, an ice presentation on the ice. And it was multicolored, and they sent out to, to area schools as a part of a national program, outreach, to garner more audience because it was competing against Disney on ice. It was a big, 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 big deal back in the, in the, in the uh, early 70s when I was a kid. And uh, it was a coloring contest, and they gave you a, a, like an eight, eight and a half, 11 sheet that had a, a scene of all the characters skating on ice. It was cute. I could actually picture it right now. You know, they showed the rink. Uh, it showed uh, it showed the, the the different different characters there. The the, the, the villain, uh, you know, the, the, and then the main characters and their purples and all these different shades of colors. And I had colored pencils, and it was my first foray into using colored pencils. And I did a pretty expert job. I kept everything within the lines. Uh, I guess my color, I guess my color choices and arrangements and juxtapositionings were were good. You know, you're locked into a composition that the, the company makes for you, but you can color and do anything you want within it. And I remember looking at it, and I can picture it to this day. It was a Technicolor Marvel, a Technicolor Marvel. Buckles would be a Technicolor, Technicolor Marvel when we used to do our buckle shows. And we switched over to color from black and white on television. Uh, in the mid-60s, we went, to, we converted to color, you know, that kind of thing. And it was awesome. Purple, I did a lot of purples, shades of purple. But then greens and yellows, vibrant, vibrant, you know, magentas. And, and then the primary colors mixed in, but mostly, mostly non-primaries, you know. Mostly the purples and, and those spec, part of the spectrum, the spectrum, you know. And I won. I won. Roger Sorois uh, was second place, or he, or he came in the same with me. We both went, and we could take along uh, a cousin, friend, brother, and I think I took my brother Paul or my brother Pierre. I'm really pissed off that I can't remember who I took. I had my choice of one, and I, I think I took my cousin Andy, actually. We were very close at the time. Um, he was in the contest. He didn't win. Everybody had participated pretty much in the school. And it was, I was proud of myself. The, the, nun, the nun, Sister Daniel Joseph, the principal, uh, announced uh, the, winner, uh, the winners over the intercom. And, and, Attention, please. Uh, I would like to tell you about the contest for HR Puffin Stuff. And uh, Guy Massey and Roger Salois. And please come to my office. And we did. And, uh, you know, we were given tickets to go and uh, we could take a friend I took I believe it was my cousin Andy so you know so school was great I learned a lot English language uh, was part of that mix and I never really appreciated how great English is it's uh, it's a wonderful thing um, it's dynamic it's inventive um, you can wrap your head around it it's understandable it has complexity but it has simplicity uh, it never ceases to amaze you. When you're writing, you notice it even more. You notice the glories of English and the subtleties even more. It's, it's got subtleties, it really does. Uh, even though it's got obviousness to it. There's an obvious, is that a word, obviousness, Mark? Mark saying no. Apparent would be a better way. It's an apparent language. It's a... Um, you can, you can craft it any way you want. You can structure your sentences. You can invert. You can convert. Uh, you can uh, flip. You can do a lot of flipping. You can use a word in a, a different form. Excuse me. You can use a word in, in one form or another. You can pluralize. You can singularize. It's... Uh, it's not as strict as French, see? It's not as strict as Italian. It's not as strict. Although, don't get me wrong, it's got a strictness to it. It's got a strictness to it. But I like, I love writing. 
I don't write enough. I write my descriptions for my podcast. I do all my own writing for that. I title my podcast, too. That's another good way to learn discipline of language is to force yourself to title something. You have to distill something in two or three words in a title, you know. My, my titles, I try to keep my titles to, on the shorter side. Well, they can run long. They can be a three-sectional title, like, like, like uh, probably going to be this one. The last one was... Uh, uh, his poker game, Brannigan, uh, my, the Brannigan uh, X cigar too, and uh, and then morning ruminations. So I, I sectioned that off into three. I highlighted the three segments, but sometimes I just highlight two segments on my show. And most of my shows have about three, four, even five segments to them, all distinct with different subject matter, uh, sort of non-connected but connected at the same time. So English language could be non-connected or it could be connected. Uh, it can be it could be juxtapositioning. Um, there can be the, the compositional the compositional variety is endless. Uh, me talking to you extemporaneously, I can form words uh, almost as if by magic. Um, I think I have a pretty good vocabulary, uh, better than some, not as good as others. I think I might be at the higher end of that that spectrum. Um, and it's an inventive language. It's an imagination. It, it lets your imagination run free, run wild, you know, like the tumbleweeds. And uh, you can make mistakes. There's grammar. There's pretty strict rules. It's not, again, like not the most strict language. There's a lot of latitude. You know, you've got you've got some latitude with the language. Um, Buckles is pretty good with his language. I'm surprised how he picks it up. Easily. Notice how kids pick up English pretty easily, and they can master it, and they can uh, they can learn catchphrases too. English language lets you have fun with catchphrases, doesn't it? Uh, I know you can with other languages. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Germany has its has its fun catchphrases. Uh, of course, when they always go to translate them in English, it's gobbledygook. It really doesn't make any sense at all. It has almost another meaning entirely, isn't it? Doesn't it? it, it You've got to be careful. You've got to be really careful when you translate. When you translate a, a saying uh, from French to English. Uh, English, uh, English has latitude, but it's not going to forgive you uh, for translating something from another language. You're going to stay in your language mode. You're going to stay in your language mode. So um, I can't talk more about English any more than, than just say that it's it's the greatest invention of man um, next to the wheel, you know. Uh, and uh, it is, uh, it's you know, you, you get the flavor of it. When people speak in different accents, it takes on a different kind of tone and texture. I love hearing Buckles talk. Uh, Buckles Brannigan, our hero, uh, tell us in yarns, yarns the stories of, uh, he creates a tapestry, you know. That's the other thing about English language. It lets you grab some different words and descriptions like tapestry, you know. It lets you go and... Uh, off into different places and come back, come back to the original thought really well, doesn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing the acrobats, the acrobatics of the English language. That should be a, that should be its own course at any college or university. The acrobatics of English, uh, how you can craft something, how you can say something and it means two different things, or how you can say two different things and it means the same thing, right? Um, or even more, even more, you know. Um, I just can't say enough about English, about English. And I love other languages. I love Italian. I love the Italian language. I love the sound of it. I love watching a French su uh, subtitle, not dubbed, but a subtitle movie. I get to hear the wonder flow, the beautiful flow of that language. That's got a really nice flow to it, doesn't it? 
and it just it just has a uh, the consonants the consonants of the French language is just wonderful, and uh, the 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 German language has a a stiffness to it, but it's 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 brutal. It's a brutalesque, a brutal brutal type of language in a way, uh, but its own its own beauty, its own beauty. Russia also awesome, awesome guttural kind of kind of like a low. You picture always a baritone kind of voice with the Russian language, and it's it's diligent. It's got a diligence to it. So a lot of these languages have these unique properties and great properties, and some have commonalities. You know, we use a lot of French words uh, when we talk English. A lot of English, a lot of English words have been have come from French. A lot of English words have come from German. Uh, I love the Brits. I love the Brits. The way they talk with the English language and their take on it. Their different terms. You know, lift for elevator and such. Uh, lorry for bus and things like that. Um, there's the clock telling me to finish this segment. It gave me a little bit of time, and I love that clock. It's not chiming. The chiming would signal me to end my podcast, but it's uh, Mr. Clock. I'm calling it Mr. Clock on the wall. Mr. Mantle. Mr. Mantle. That's his name, and he's on the wall there on the shelf of my studio as I uh, lie down here on the Studebaker in a total relaxed mode. Uh, to bring you this segment on the English language. Had a light lunch. Had a. Uh, Actually, at early lunch, I might have another second lunch. Um, I can do these things. I'm in my studio right now. I just had a little hunk of cheese, hunk of Colby, uh, actually uh, pepper jack. I was going to say Colby jack. I don't like Colby jack as much. It's a little too soft for me. A little Harvardi-ish. Although I like Harvardi. Depends on what, where you get the Harvardi, but I do like Harvardi cheese. Um, cheddar is my favorite. Um, you know, I like the fancy cheeses, the brie, uh, the, the goat cheese, the, uh, I've had, um, you know, kind of Roquefort, of course, and uh, blue cheese, I love blue cheese. But my real warm place is uh, with the pepper jack cheddar. It's a white cheddar made by Tillanook. I don't know where they're based. I should check the wrapper one of these days. They also make a great line of ice creams that you can find in the grocer. But uh, Tillanook, Tillanook, T-I-L-L-A-N-O-O-O-O-O-K. And it's okay in my book. I can tell you, I had a hunk of it. It holds me. It's got a good aftertaste. Very satisfying cheese. And I have that. I had a, a glass of water. And never underestimate the power of a great glass of water, folks. I know, you know, people out there, you guys that little heavy drinkers, you know, uh, people that really are into the environment of, of heavy alcohol use, I'm going to say, of which I was one at one point, you, uh, you know, you uh, put aside the water. You don't really, you don't really go there with H2O. It's not on your, not on your radar. It really isn't. And it's too bad because a little bit of hydration goes a long way, you know, keeps your skin soft, keeps you feeling good. You don't get headaches. It's better, it's just better for your body. Your mind, your soul, your body. Water is the lifeblood. Water, let's think about how important water is. Well, first of all, it surrounds us everywhere. We've got the bay, we've got the ocean. I know ocean water is not drinkable, but it's a lot of water anyway. You got your rivers, you got your streams, you got your lakes, you got your reservoirs, you got your ponds, you got your puddles. Water is everywhere. And even in the driest areas, it's uh, it's in the mind of the person. So uh, a good glass, you know, a good 12-ounce glass, a tall glass, and, you know, maybe take 20 minutes to drink it. You know, take a couple of good sil- sips, some good healthy sips there, and uh, drink about, you know, a third of the glass, 
then maybe about time, five, ten minutes later, drink a third, another third, then maybe another five or ten minutes later, drink another, the remainder, the remainder of the glass, and empty that puppy out, and uh, put it on your dish rack uh, for another, you know, maybe wait another couple hours, have another glass. Uh, I can't believe what doctors recommend for, for water, how much water to drink, gallons of it. I'm not in that camp. I suppose I should. Um, I know I'd be going to the bathroom every three seconds. <laughs> um, but I love water. I drink it. It's refreshing. I love juice. You know, I've talked about my Newman's own uh, mango tango. You make a great juice that does not have... It's made with sugar. It's only, a, it's only about 10% juice. It's exactly 10% juice. 10% orange and mango. But it's got, uh, it's got uh, sugar water is basically what it is. But it beats, uh, it beats high fructose corn syrup, I can tell you that right now. Um, any, any day, hands down. That's some of the most unhealthy food that you can have is high fructose corn syrup. It's just as bad as trans fats. Just as bad, just as bad. Don't try to make me say otherwise because you're going to get a protest out of me. So I love water, not a milk drinker. I don't buy milk. It goes bad too fast in those plastic containers. Now, if I found milk in a wax container, a wax box container, your traditional open top wax container, uh, paper wax container, I would definitely get milk because I love cereal and I've missed having cereal because I don't want to make cereal with half and half. Believe it or not, half and half comes in the wax carton. And uh, I get the quart size. It lasts me for about a week or so of making some great, great coffee in the morning. I'm liking that Red Barn. I told you about Red Barn. I recommend you go out and buy it right now. Get, shut this podcast off and go buy it right now. Uh, I'm serious. Go out, and, go out and get Red Barn. Get Red Barn. It's a brand out there. Made in Upton, Massachusetts. And they got a great house blend. They got uh, some other ones. They got a hazelnut I haven't tried, but I'm not a big flavored coffee uh, fiend by any stretch. My brother Claude would attest to that. I like your basic your basic run-of-the-mill even uh, ground fresh ground coffee and it's got to be fresh. Uh, I don't buy whole bean typically uh, every so often I will but it's more of a pain to grind the beans and I don't think you get as much yield it seems. If I were to go to a coffee exchange place like we have on Wickenden Street in Providence, Rhode Island, where I'm from, uh, I would uh, I would buy a pound. I would buy at least a pound of coffee at about $16, $17, $18 a pound. Uh, and I would make that coffee, and that bean would seem to go a little longer than your supermarket variety. But for a supermarket bean, I think it's the best out there. It's a little pricey. It's about $12 for about 12 ounces, about a dollar an ounce. Uh, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. It's almost like gold. You know, it's almost like gold. Uh, but it tastes awesome. It tastes fresh. It's bold. It's nutty. It's invigorating. It's got staying power. Great aftertaste. It's got all the attributes of a wonderful coffee. And the label's cool. The label shows an old barn on the sketched on the front a beautiful engraving kind of picture of a barn like old courier and ive style to, to it and it's got the, it's 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 with pen and it's uh, very intricate and very detailed but also very folksy and homey and it's dark 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 red look for dark dark maroon very maroon uh, red package but i won't go on more about it i just want to let you know i drink coffee and i like it so coffee is a diuretic Coffee displaces water. Um, we all know that. It, uh, it, it acts as a, an absorber and not a uh, quencher so much. And uh, you're not going to get quenched too, too well on coffee or coffee, coffee milk or whatever. You are going to have to have something like a juice or water. And the water, of course, is the best. Water, this is, if there's any title I'm going to give this, it's, it's water. It's about water. That's the, that's the clock going off. And it rings to tell me that this segment is winding down. And 
and I want to thank you all. Uh, hasn't gone off at the beginning of my segments lately. I'm lucky for that. It's telling me that I'm doing a pretty good job with my delivery, and everything's pretty fresh and and, uh, and uh, pretty good. So that's it for this segment. Some music that's stuck in your head, and you can't knock it out of your head. Yep, it's locked in that noggin. And when you go to bed, um, I get it sometimes. That's normal. I found out that's normal to get it sometimes. And you shouldn't be hearing music all the time in your head. You shouldn't be really hearing voices. It's okay to hear it at nighttime when your head's resting, and you, you know, you hear remnant voices from the party before the party the night before, or the day before his activity. It's intense enough. It's uh, God's way of uh, replaying things for you, kind of rearranging your brain, kind of organizing it. Uh, the quest to keep your brain sane, healthy, and uh, go on for another day. It's what it's all about. And the Lord makes it possible. Without sounding too religious, religious, um, I must say it, uh, it's a pretty good, pleasant way. Depends on this music, though. I mean, if you've got a Captain and Tennille song in your head, maybe for some of you Captain and Tennille fans, that's fine. With me, here's my story. Uh, I, I watched I watch TV kind of late-ish. Not late, not late, 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 actually. I, I, I kick it off at around 9.30 after go my pile. But I uh, sometimes watch the silliness, the, the uh, broadiousness, silliness. I like Mr. Haney on, on a show called... Uh, done in the 60s called Green Acres and it runs at 9.30 on BTV right after Gomer Pyle uh, after after uh, the two episodes of the single episode of Gomer uh, then there's a before that there's the two episodes in a row of, of uh, Andy Griffith before that at the 7 o'clock hour there's uh, two episodes of M.A.S.H. And it's my night lineup. It's my night lineup. It actually begins with Adam 12 at 5 o'clock, but then it it goes into Flintstones and uh, and uh, Happy Days, which are two of my lesser favorite shows, although they're not awful. Uh, Flintstones has, has become unwatchable to me for some reason. Um, I know there's some popular culture references. There's some adult humor in there. Uh, but it's, uh, it's uh, poorly drawn in a way. Uh, not really. It's it's very crudely done, uh, but it it was a big show. It was a big show. It was uh, prime time. One of the first prime time or only prime prime time of its uh, cartoon era. It wasn't the only one. I think the Jetsons uh, also were. Uh, I might be wrong about the Jetsons, um, but uh, with the Flintstones, they were uh, one of the first prime time cartoons. Since then, we've had, of course, Family Guy and. Other, other cartoons that have uh, supplanted it. But the Flintstones were primetime in the heyday of primetime television, which was the 1960s. 60s. Uh, but earworms, uh, so I go to bed, and what I do before I go to bed is I listen to, I've got to listen to the Green Acres song. Uh, it's probably the greatest uh, opening song of television and uh, to this day, because you know they don't do great openings anymore, as you notice. You haven't noticed that? They don't really do any real openings to, to programs. They're very short and very quickly edited. The music's very crass. It's not my style. Uh, but Green Acres set up the whole show right in the first, uh, the first 30 second uh, song. It's too short. It's actually actually a too short of a song. It should go on longer. It should have a B section. That's a that's a TV show that deserves a B section in its opening song. Uh, the opening titles are, you know, Green Acres, and of course it's uh, Eddie Arnold, Eddie Albert. I'm sorry, Eddie, I always get those two mixed up. Eddie Arnold's the, the country singer. Eddie Albert, uh, known for his uh, margarine commercials, or uh, Jimmy Dean, maybe, Jimmy Dean Sausage, maybe? Or was that Jimmy Dean himself, maybe? Uh, um, but, uh, you know, Eva Gabor, she's awesome. She wants to stay in New York. He wants to move to the farm. He wants to be a farmer. 
and shows him on his tractor, uh, tearing up a storm there in the countryside. He just wants to give me that old countryside, you know. New York is where she'd rather stay. She gets allergic smelling hay. She just adores a penthouse view. Darling, she loves you. Just give her Park Avenue. And, uh, you know, the stores, the chores, and fresh air, Times Square. You are my wife. Goodbye, city life, green acres. Here we come. So I shut the TV off after about five minutes of the show because it's uh, almost unwatchable, except for Mr. Haney. He's the funniest character. He's one of the funniest characters ever to grace the TV screen. He's hilarious. He's always wanting to rip off uh, uh, Oliver. Oliver Douglas is the name of the character. And, uh, and, uh, and I forget her name. I forget her name on the show. Uh, um, but uh, uh, she's, she's, she's awesome. Lisa. Lisa Douglas. Lisa Douglas. And uh, is Drucker's, Drucker's store. But uh, Haney... Mr. Haney, Mr. Haney, and he comes by with his, his piece of crap truck. Uh, he's got some uh, billboard signs that he rolls down uh, to give him choices of things that he always has. He's, he's a lawyer one minute, and he's a uh, used car salesman the other. He's a uh, insurance salesman one minute, and he's a, uh, you know, he's a uh, all-around kind of, uh, he's, he's a fix-it man. He's just about every solution you have, but at a price, at a price. And of course, Mr. Douglas always works him down to a couple bits, and then uh, he sends him off, and that's the end of that character. But you know when you know when you got something good, and the, the producers of that show knew damn well they had someone good in in uh, Pat Buttram, the actor, the wonderful actor, the very talented Pat Buttram, who plays Mr. Haney on Green Acres. So I watch a little bit of that. I actually wait for Mr. Haney to come on. He usually comes on in the first 10 minutes of the show. People are waiting for him to come on. Uh, my brother Pierre loves him. Uh, brother Pierre thinks it's a great, a great show. I think it's funny. Actually, it's not really unwatchable. It's a pretty watchable show, but it's just very zany and silly. And the, 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 the humor is very, uh, it's very uh, countryfied, countryfied humor. And everybody's a podunk. They don't know which way is up. Uh, Oliver gets ripped off all the time. He's, he's put upon all the time. People get jokes that he doesn't get. Uh, we know they're not real. Uh, they're living in a paradigm, and uh, they try to put things over on him. I think Lisa makes really bad, uh, bad hotcakes. I know she's got a really bad cup of pot of coffee. It's like mud. One, one episode, it was actually dry grounds that she poured into his cup. And, uh, and they think it's all normal. They think it's all normal. And, of course, Oliver is, is us. Oliver is, is us, the observer. We are Oliver. We're the sane people. We're the regular city people that, that come into this other world, this, this uh, parallel, uh, insane universe of, of, the, uh, of the green countryside, I guess, of upstate New York, I guess it would be, right? Maybe Connecticut. Maybe it's a Connecticut farm. They don't. They never mention where Hooterville is. Uh, Pixie, Pixie, Pixley is a nearby town. Um, so at about quarter of, definitely by quarter of, I could sometimes watch the whole show. I've been known to watch the entire show. Maybe not to the very end credits. Uh, it's only a half an hour after all. Uh, you think I could sit through it? But uh, you wouldn't have me sit through it because it's. Uh, it is. It, it can have its funny moments, but it's a, it's a it's a different kind of humor. It's it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. It's that general store, uh, checkers playing kind of uh, kitschy approach to comedy. And uh, CBS, I guess, had a lot of those rural comedies before all the family came on the scene. You had Beverly Hillbillies. You had Green Acres, Petticoat Junction. You're in Mayberry RFD. Before that was Andy Griffith, of course. Probably started all of that. Andy Griffith was the precursor or the starter, the starting flame of uh, of, uh, of countrified or uh, hillbilly uh, uh, comedies. And um, so, and uh, so, I would say by five of five of the hour, five of the hour of ten o'clock, I'm I'm going to bed. So, Speaking of earworms, and I get in bed, and what's going on in my mind? 
it could be the MASH theme, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's uh, Gomer Pyle. It's a very catchy front tune. Another great opening to a great show. I like Gomer Pyle. I can sit through Gomer Pyle. I can definitely sit through an entire episode of, of, of Gomer Pyle, filmed in 35 millimeter color. Uh, it's color film, which has a different look than video. You can even notice it when you watch MeTV. The color's more vibrant. The reds are better. The greens are better. The earth tones, the detail is better. Uh, no amount of video, I don't care how high, sharp, retina display, I don't care how you're watching it, how you're viewing it, what device you're on, uh, what means, what means it was produced in. Uh, I don't care if it was in 18K. That uh, just does not match the, the overall quality of, of color film. Kodak processed color film. Very expensive, very expensive process to do. And of course, I'm getting off track. I'm doing a sidetrack here, as I usually do. Off tangent. I'm a tangential, tangential kind of, a uh, little, bit, little bit of inclination. I used to be worse. I've been uh, taking my medication for it to help me out here and get, getting along with a little bit of bipolar. A little bit of manic. Not, 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 not extreme, not extreme at all. One of the lower cases, probably, but uh, if I do say, I guess that's just me, my perspective. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm doing buckles. Uh, so I go to bed, I put my head on the pillow, and my earworm goes a mile a minute. It's pretty loud in your head, nice fidelity sound, too, and it recreates the music very accurately. It's amazing how your mind can recreate music tones to the subtlest degree, right down to the drum right down to the bass line. It's incredible, it really is. Include with vocals. Vocals are very complex tracks to put down. They, they have a lot of musical complexity. There's a lot of musical information in a vocal. And so when you get the vocals, you're doing pretty good. It's probably the last thing that can hold its detail in an ear, earworm. Wish you could record an earworm. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cool? It would sound just like the song. It would. It would just be like a reversal process. Hollywood should employ it for effect. Uh, but Green Acres definitely goes on in my mind. I play the whole song in my mind. And uh, I can't fall asleep until I've gone through a few times, and it keeps repeating. It doesn't let up, and it doesn't mix in with other songs. It locks out. Whatever, whatever, song, whatever song you're earworming on, having an earworm experience, uh, you are... Uh, you are enraptured by it, and you're locked into it. Nothing else is going to come in its place. You can f now. Now here's the deal. Here's your deal. We all have some some modicum of discipline, and my discipline is to change songs. I just like to have fun in my head, and I actually change it from that to Gomer Pyle, and then that to Mash. Mash is another memorable kind of song to do, and then there's some Grateful Dead. I wish I could lock on to a couple of Grateful Dead songs playing in my mind every year. If I force myself, I can. I can. I can do it. I can do it. It'll be recreated pretty accurately, too. Pretty accurately. It's, uh, Pouring rain in Pawtucket, not too heavy here on this Tuesday morning. And I'm coming to you at 5.35 in the morning here. Pretty early, huh? I was up even earlier, uh, that previous segment. The other two segments were done at an earlier time, uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, I believe in the afternoon I did those. I typically, uh, most of my podcasts, as you know, are in the early morning. That's when I can talk about morning ruminations. Uh, but this show is less about morning ruminations, except to say that it's raining out. And maybe I should do a separate morning ruminations because it doesn't rain often. We've been in, we're in a dry spell. We're in a drought situation here in Rhode Island. We get in those almost every season. It just happens. But we're lucky we don't have the fires that they have out west in California and Oregon. Uh, it's devastating. The, the, the families that are uprooted, the, the lives that are, that are lost, uh, the, the, for the most part, it's, uh, it's, it's low on the losing of life, but there have been lives lost. I haven't been following it 
uh, per se. It's less in the news. Of course, coronavirus takes over. Um, I can't believe I listened to the BBC uh, news in the morning. It's a three-minute report, and I listen to it every morning just to get a world perspective, you know. The news is mostly about England, what's happening there, and what's happening there is coronavirus. It's taken over the country. Uh, they're talking about uh, giving some rights back to restaurants. With, so they got some schemes. They call them schemes out there. Uh, we call them plans. They call them schemes. And uh, they got a three-tiered scheme there where you get more money in scheme number two, or is it number three? I think number three is what the, the restaurant uh, and shop owners of England, I think it's the restaurant owners of England, are uh, lobbying to have number three be the choice, but you know the the PMs, they're, they're the main, they're the, the balls to the walls characters there. Uh, I'm sure there's some good people. The uh, the uh, members, of the MPs, I should say, the MPs, not the PMs. Uh, the MPs, the, mini- the the ministers, the members of Parliament uh, make the decisions, and they may go with three, but they may go with two, and in which case the restaurant owners aren't going to like that as much. And again, I'm only a layman here. I'm only listening to the news. I may have gotten those two mixed up. Scheme one, I have no idea what that's about. I have no idea what that's about. Maybe it's status quo. Maybe it's status quo. But uh, the status quo in England right now is uh, all balls to the wall uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the coronavirus, the pandemic, COVID, whatever you want to call it. Um, so. We're, uh, you know, they're in lockdown. They're in a lockdown situation. And, uh, you know, America's in a lockdown. The world's in a lockdown. You ever imagine that, that the, the world would be in a lockdown? Do you, ever, do you ever imagine that we'd be going through something like they did in the bubonic plague? You know, maybe the bubonic plague, uh, well, I know it was bad. I know the black plague was, black scourge, they called it, was awful. Typhoid and, you know, that was rampant. In the old west, I know that, um, and uh, you know, other diseases that came into play uh, through insects, through the environment, through airborne particles. Uh, amazing! This is an airborne uh, situation we're in. Uh, maybe we should all just fly away. Can we just fly away? I, got, I dream of flying sometimes. Haven't had one of those dreams in a while, but I like the dream of flying. Um, I hover, but I also have been in dreams where I can fly in really high speed in a downward kind of position, you know, and I, I see a, I see a goal to get to and I never quite get there. I never quite get there, you know. It's usually at the end of a peninsula in a wooded area where there's people congregated. And uh, I know I, I, there was an episode with Scott Adams' uh, podcast um, where he talked about flying, dreaming of flying. And he seemed, he, he uh, talked about people not even caring. You know, he'd look down in a room, he'd be hovering over a room, you know, with his family or whoever, people he knew, some people he didn't know. There's always people you don't know when you're dreaming. Okay. All right, guys. I usually don't correct my cats when they get into those rampages. That was another scampering episode. That was beyond a scamper. That was a rampage. That was a rampage. And that happens a few times a day. Um, I'm sure that must happen to you guys with your cats every so often, even though they get along for the most part, which mine do. Uh, you get you get a little bit of an upheaval in the household. The, 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 the meows echo through the distant, most distant corners of the house, you know. Uh, you know, you could be in the bathroom and you, you take a start. You, you totally, totally aghast by the, the volume that comes out of these little, small, little, tiny snout mouths. You know, these little beautiful little critters that just like to switch things up. They, 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 they cats like to switch things up. Although they can be pretty stasis. You know, they can be pretty, pretty immobile at times. You know, they can pick their spot. Lulu's got her little spots, but Kane's got about multi spots throughout the house. He makes himself scarce for about uh, two, three, four hours even on some days where he's upstairs on a mattress that's a, a bedroom that's a guest room. It's not being used right now and the sheets are off 
I have yet to do the laundry and make that bed. I got to do that. That's one on my to-do list. And, uh, you know, he, he likes to just sprawl out on, it must be the silkiness of the mattress. Um, likes to sprawl out and just uh, mellow out and chill. And he's up there for hours, literally for hours. And I, no hiding or hair of him down on the main floor of the house. I can tell you that right now. I'll be watching TV wondering where he is and I'll know he's upstairs. His other spot is on the ironing board down in the basement in the laundry room. Okay. Uh, he's got, I got a black t-shirt that I have not yet shaken off from his cat hairs. He doesn't, she's a non-shedder. Well, he's a, he's a shedder. Every cat, I guess, is. But he actually can shed more than Lulu. He's a long hair. He's a black and white long hair. He's, uh, he's the size of, uh, of a minibus. Now, he's, he's, he's a good-sized cat, actually. He's a good-sized boy. He's a year and four months old. But uh, he's definitely got his adult proportions. He's not going to get any bigger. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a good-sized cat. He's just a good-sized boy. And Lulu's a little girl. She's about a medium size. She's a feral. Uh, she's a beautiful. Uh, she was born in feral conditions. She was born out in the right away uh, by the uh, Paul Massey dealership here in East Providence, Chevy dealership, uh, right by the prep department where they, you know, they get the cars ready for the customers. And they got great, they got great deals over there if you want to check out the cars. Great, great Chevys, Equinox, Trax, Malibu. Uh, Tahoe, Silverado, of course. He sells more trucks than anybody. I can't believe the trucks. Can't believe the trucks on the road that have the Paul Massey sticker in the back, you know, Paul Massey license plate. All part of the package, you know, when you buy a car at Paul Massey. Free advertising for the Paul Massey dealership. Word of mouth is the biggest, biggest draw. I can say that unequivocally, even though I'm a graphic designer and wish that my communications that I do. Uh, the ones that are the most uh, visible and seen and responded to. You know, that's the bottom line, how you, how people respond to them, you know. Uh, but my cats, just getting back to the cats, uh, they are all mellowed out now. They're back to normal. She came on my lap. I'm on my Studebaker in my studio. It's my couch. I call it the Studebaker because it's a studio couch. It's a sectional. It would fit in any living room. Um, it's dark tan uh, taupe I think they call it taupe taupe it's taupe guy and uh, it's a comfortable couch it's got the pillows they got everything going for it and she just came on me about a minute ago and her heart's still a little beaten from that last that's the loudest one I've ever recorded and I know you guys heard it I know you definitely heard it if you got headphones on listening to this podcast right now uh, you have heard that, you know, um, and uh, that's about it. They're back. They're back to normal. They'll have another flare up uh, a little later today, and then they'll have another one uh, mid afternoon. Later on this morning, they'll have another one in the mid afternoon. Maybe one or two mid afternoons are kind of a long period of time, isn't it? It's kind of the longest period of your existence. The afternoons you should do a podcast on afternoons mystique of afternoons. This is Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories, by the way. You're listening to it. I'm coming to you live in my mind, even though you're listening to this. You could be listening to this on Christmas Day of 2021. Uh, who knows? Who the, who the fuck knows how, when you're listening to this, right? You can listen to this the next day, you know. I publish them, uh, I publish them on the fly. I do uh, typically five to six uh, segments per episode. Uh, some tie into each other with the same subject matter exactly. Um, I can have an interview with Buckles like I did uh, on yesterday's uh, podcast. I do podcasts almost daily. I skip. I can skip a couple of days. Oh, I gotta wrap it up. That's my Mr. Mantle. Thanks, Mr. Mantle. How you doing, Mr. Mantle? How's your minute hand doing? Well, the minute hand tells me that's it. And the hour hand is just sitting there, right? It's just lagging a little behind. One sixtieth of the speed of the of the minute, the 
minute hand. What a wonderful thing, the clock, the invention of the clock. Maybe that's another podcast. I get ideas for podcasts, you know. I did do one on time, time and commerce. I don't know if you remember that one about two months ago. I talked about, uh, next to one I did about, I compared coffees, coffees I picked up at the supermarket, not to get off tangent. But the time one talked about, uh, you know, how time just goes on, you know, and commerce and we, we get up every day and we face our work a day and we, we go in, you know, with COVID, we, we're not really doing a lot. We're staying home. Some of us are telecommuting like me, like myself, and it's going pretty well too. I got some projects from my brother's dealership. I'm helping them on. I'm not working at the dealership anymore. I'm, I'm here, hunkered in. Uh, not really in a hunkered mode, really. I go out when I want and um, I wear my mask, of course. Um, but uh, I don't let it. I don't let it get me scared. Let's not let it get the best of us. That's my. That'd be my advice for this podcast. Don't let COVID get the best of us, please. Don't relinquish yourself to it. Stay healthy. Um, stay purposeful in your life. Live life like you would if you didn't have it going around. Um, hopefully, no one's infected in your family. Hopefully everybody tests negative. Let's hope it's a negative outcome. Usually negative is not a good word, but in this case, it's a very good word. COVID's made negative a good word, you know, and uh, we're all tested. We're all tested by it. We're all tested by it. How we come out at the other end, uh, God only knows. God only knows, you know. We can't make judgments upon each other. Um, Who knows if one person's way is better than another person's way. That's my feeling on that. The cats are good. He's in another room right now. He's going to probably go upstairs again. And, uh, or down on the ironing board. <laughs> and uh, she's on my lap, like I said, comfortably. She's like a little weight. She's got some warmth. Her heart's slowed down now. I can barely feel her heart beating. But I know she's alive and well living here in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I want to do a shout out to friends and family right now. I want to thank my family for always sticking with me on these podcast ventures of mine. I don't know if they listen to me on all the shows. They might skip a few. I know Pierre told me he hasn't listened to me in a little while, but he's going to get back. I always recommend Buckles Brannigan. That's my fall guy. That's my go-to. I always tell my friends, just listen to a Buckle Brannigan one. Just look at it. Anytime Buckles is on, even if he's on for a minute, his uh, his his name's going to be up on the title. Uh, Buckles Brannigan does this. Buckle Brannigan says this. Buckle Brannigan is an expert at this. Uh, my man Buckles. He wears a big buckle. He's got a huge buckle. Belt buckle. You know, it's right in the middle. And it's uh, the size of a of a heavyweight champion's buckle. Um, it's it's that big, and it's got a great engraving of double derringers crossing each other, like a crisscross pattern of a double derringer guns. Um, it's got the B diamond B, so it's in diamond, the initials of Buckles Brannigan on a on an arc, going on an arc. Um, and it's uh, beautifully tooled. And it's got beautiful ornament going around, and it has a bevel to it, and it's got a uh, slight, a slight dome shape to it. Um, so it's not the most comfortable buckle for him to wear. He wears it all the time, on his horse, playing cards, even though you can't see it under the table. When he gets up for the bar and orders his old gold from top shelf, but usually the bartender brings a whole bottle of it over for him. He's got his, his famous glass there with him, you know. He shares. He likes to share, you know. Um, but to him, his buckle's everything. And the only thing more important probably would be intrepid, his horse. And uh, he's done gunfights. He, he gets rid of the villain in most of his episodes. I know when he his TV series of the 50s, he did, you know, uh, he... he, he Got the business done. Got the business done for the day. 
So uh, we talked about a lot of things today, the English language, the greatness of it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that segment. We talked about the cats. Didn't get into morning ruminations in my usual style, but we will probably on the next one. It's probably going to be in every other one or every third show. We'll bring in, tell you, describe the morning. I think people are interested in that. I think they like the texture. They like a different different approach. They like to see, hear about weather that they're not experiencing. They could have a beautiful day and they want to hear about a hurricane coming through Pawtucket, maybe. Uh, not that everybody's a fatalist, but uh, people like some drama. And I try to bring a little bit of drama to these shows, in a sense, through my banter, through my, uh, my rants. I don't really do a lot of ranting. Uh, one thing I made a hard rule for, and I know you know, I'm probably going to say, and it's the P word. I don't talk politics. I don't like to get into politics. I, I think it's decisive, uh, divisive, actually. It's just a better word. It's not decisive. Uh, if one world we're living in, living in right now is a non-decisive world, except that COVID is uh, quickly taking over. Um, but I'm, I'm optimistic. I think, I think we're going get to get a cure for this puppy. They're working on a vaccine. Um, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty confident that uh, Fossey's going to come out with something real soon. I was talking to my friend Joyce just yesterday uh, on this very same subject. And uh, she's pretty confident. She's waiting for him. She's going to take her cues from, from Fossey. Uh, the Surgeon General, uh, see what he says, uh, what the CDC has to say, you know, down there in Atlanta. They're working hard. I know a lot of private companies are working on it too. There's a rush to be first. That's the incentive behind this. The first company that can, the first company that can come up with this vaccine, which I guess is turning out to be pretty complex, is going to be the savior of the world going to be the savior of the world. That's going to put that company on a map. I don't know if it's Lilly, if it's Lilly Company. I always think of Lilly because I used to take Prozac. I don't take it anymore. Um, I'm on some other medications for my condition, but um, Prozac was a Lilly, was a Lilly brand. Um, you know, the Pfizer, the big pharmaceuticals, which I hate. You know, I hate the big pharmaceuticals typically, but it if Pfizer comes out with the cure, they're going to be known as the king of cures, and they're going to be, again, the saviors of the world, you know? It'll be the biggest thing since uh, finding the cure for cancer, which will be the greatest thing in the world. That'll be the greatest invention. That'll take over the wheel. There you go, wheel. That'll, take, that'll put you on the back, the back row of wheels there. It'll be back tractor-trailer truck you're going to be relegated to. You're going to be relegated to the tri- tricycle uh, training wheels, that's it. You're going to be like a little training wheel next to the big wheel up front. On the, you know, those, remember the big wheels? You used to ride those around as a kid. I don't think they still make them. They make a rendition of them. But uh, in any event, it's, uh, it's something that we have to wait for. Um, but it was great uh, hooking back up with Joie. My friend, I call her Joie. Her name's Joyce. And she lives up in Maine. And uh, she's having a great life up there. And uh, it was just great to touch base with her. She's going to call me back later in the week. She's, I told her about my podcast. She didn't know about it. She's going to give it a listen. Hopefully she'll report back to me how I did. And, um, and in the meantime, I'm just plugging away here. I'm just plugging away. So I want to just wrap up. I'm going to beat the clock here. Beat Mr. Mantle before he rings again. To tell you thank you uh, for your support. Continued support would be much appreciated. Tell your family and friends, maybe your enemies, about my show. I should use that as a saying. And, uh, you know, uh, like me on Facebook. And also, uh, please share. Share this episode. Make it a habit just to hit the share button. You know, on your phone's going to pop up some different ways you can share. You can share through YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry, you can share through uh, text. You can share through Facebook. Share through Facebook. That might be the best way to do it. 
Why not do it? Why not do that? If you're if you're on Facebook, let your friends know on Facebook. You can really kill two birds with one stone there. You can get a lot of reach a lot of people at the same time, all your friends at least. And um, or share me to individual people through messaging, through your messaging, your message app. You know, it's easy to do, and uh, I think it's not going to take a lot of time. And you'll you'll get some feedback. You'll get some feedback. Have a little bit of fun. Have a little bit of fun with this podcast. So, good day all. Have a good one out there or inside, wherever you are. And uh, be good. Is that new? Well, they have to. Um, what they've got to do is uh, operate the, the claws that grab it. Okay. Hi, I'm in the, uh, I'm in, I'm in the dining room with Janet at my table. Just outside of our studio, we're on hold with General Motors, GM, you know, the big GM, trying to negotiate money that we owe on a lease vehicle uh, that I had, an Equinox from the manufacturer, of uh, the pretty sum of 11600 and what? Um, oh, no, it's only 11293.92. All right, $11,293.92 to be exact, folks. We know you guys like exactness out there in Podville. And uh, how's everything going out there, Janet, in the world? As far as I know, it's it's going. People are very anxious these days with the upcoming election. And what can you do? It's well, great. It's great to talk. Ooh. It's great to talk with you, Janet. How's Pierre? He's doing great. How's his job? His new job. Loves his new job. It's just, it's still new. We can still call it new. Yeah, it's still it's still new. Oh. Here's Dan. Here's Dan from GM. We're gonna we're gonna put you on hold. We'll be right back after this. Yes. No income. Very little. Still on the phone with GM. We'll check back in with you later. So. We're here with Janet again, and uh, she's uh, getting ready to actually leave in her beautiful Buick Encore. She helped me with some financial aspects. Uh, that's part of the conversation you heard with the people over at General Motors. Um, we're going to try to work out a financial plan to pay that uh, twelve grand, and it's going to hopefully work out twelve grand plus. Um, we're at my dining, my dining room table. Janet, do you have anything to say before you leave? We're, we're having a little phone trouble, uh, a little bit of a learning curve All with uh, sign in. signing in and getting a password going and setting up for Stop and Shop Rewards Card. Um, they call it, uh, what's the name of their plan? They call well, it the, the Go Card. The I think Go. you should sign up, Ty, because you are here much more than I'm there. Janet's asking me to sign up, which I will do right now. So we'll be right back after this. A little break.